allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Once again, Sovereign Minds, the podcast, uh, the podcast, <laughs> uh, the podcast. The podcast. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means, but uh, maybe because it's raining out maybe there. Maybe it's because uh, the uh, we're referring to the swamp. Well, the, there the, is the, that. <laughs> We've got the swamp well, all the time. Of, yeah. It's pretty swampy out there, and it is raining. And we're brought to you uh, by MountaintopMedia.com. Uh, today is uh, wow, almost the end of the month, March 28th, uh, 2022. Yeah, it's scary. And uh, so, if you put mountaintopmedia.com in there, it should come right up. If it doesn't, we're usually it's usually the second one down. I like to always make sure people know that because so, otherwise, you end up in Kentucky. So, a we, Kentucky we do uh, cast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, yeah. <laughs> Facebook, uh, and Rumble. <laughs> Yay! Oh, Rumble's great. Yeah. Rumble's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. So, we're doing all of that, uh, and uh, we're trying not to be censored uh, by all these people, even though we're on them. I guess. Uh, Got to be very careful what you say, which has not been our forte on Facebook. And that, that uh, yeah, if you tell me. the truth, yeah. if you tell the truth, Facebook kind of doesn't like you sometimes. That's all I'm saying. I just want the <laughs> truth. You know, I can handle the truth. Okay, you can handle yeah. the truth. We're not in Gitmo, and uh, so anyway, you know, history has not been kind to people who speak truth to power. So, well, look at the uh, good 50, company. Fifty-four, uh, <laughs> you know, members of the uh, Continental Congress and the. That signed the Declaration of Independence. I mean, most of them didn't do too well after that. They had a lot of uh, there was a lot of issues. Uh, okay, so we want to introduce our guest today. We have with us Eric Jensen. Hello, and he's running yeah. for uh, Shasta County District Attorney. I am. Uh, I'm looking to supplant uh, Stephanie Bridget. Uh, you know, I mean, like we could do a wave. You know, yeah, maybe. Okay. No. you're not the only one. So, <laughs> why we're talking, are, is it just you two that is in the race? Do you know? Because I haven't had a chance to really yeah, that, look. No. It's just you and, and, and Stephanie, yeah, correct? That's right. And it is, this is the first time that she's had any opposition. So, there was a, uh, she was appointed and then she ran unopposed. And this is the first time that the people of Shasta County will actually have a choice wow. on whether they want Stephanie Bridget to be their DA or not. Well, that's weird because there was another girl, Lori Wood or something, that was listed, but she was from, from Tehama. I don't know. I haven't read that story down. It's kind of weird. It's 2018. We might yeah, the wanna... committee was something like, uh, we want to keep you as judge in Tehama County yeah. or some weird thing. Uh, it's government work at its finest. What it is is the, uh, <laughs> the ROV here. Had misplaced a document Oops. in their system. I'm, totally, no. I'm completely shocked. Yeah, no, no. That, it had nothing to do with the DA's race. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, thanks for clarifying yeah, that for us. Superior yeah. court judge, just make sure you go back on the radio and. 
clarify that. Yeah, yeah, no, we we'll will. We appreciate that. Because yeah. I was wondering, because I was trying to look it up a little bit and going, what? Tehama County? Oh, well, yeah. I, I thought about running, but I'm completely unqualified, so... <laughs> Well, it doesn't mean the people that are the other side. I just, uh, no, I'll I leave would it just alone. I was throwing I'll that up for you to hit. You know, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, just saying. Okay, so she's been appointed doesn't mean that she was qualified. Well, and actually, interestingly, the uh, the reason she was appointed, or one of the big uh, things, was that they wanted to promote diversity. She was the first female uh, district attorney in Shasta County. And that was an aim, apparently, of the Board of Supervisors. They were very excited. See, I don't get that whole diversity thing. You know, in the private sector, if I'm hiring somebody, I'm not looking to see what color they are, what sex they are, uh, what religion, what, uh, you know, country of origin. I'm looking to figure out who's the best guy for the job or the best gal or whatever. I mean, the most qualified seems to me what we'd be looking for. And while we're on that subject, what do you have to be? I mean, what are your qualifications to be district attorney? Do you have to have a certain number of years, you know, member of the bar? What is, what gives you the, the, uh, yeah, that's a good question. There is one qualification in the state of California to become a district attorney. And that is that you be a member of the bar that you be a a licensed attorney. That's it. Because this is actually really a political position. Uh, It is a position that is not one of promotion, where the uh, person with the most experience wins and automatically gets elevated. It is an elected position because the uh, California legislature appreciates that uh, the district attorneys dictate a lot of policy. It's a a policy-making position for the most part determining which crimes will be prosecuted, how they'll be diverted if they're not going to be prosecuted, et cetera, uh, managing an office. But uh, the actual adjudication of the criminal court trials is a very, very, very small percentage of the See, because, that, I mean, you could be completely screwed up. It's like when we first started doing tax law way back in the day, we had an attorney that would help us if we had to get to tax court We had because my brother wasn't qualified to go into tax court yet. And the guy knew nothing about tax law. The only thing is you remember the bar. I mean, so with that qualification, you could actually be an expert in tort law or, or you know, an ambulance chaser. I, I don't know what the specific term is. With no experience in, in actual prosecution of criminal cases. Yeah, it's, it, 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 it is not a necessary component of the job. In fact, uh, what you see for the most part these attorneys doing who are district attorneys, and that's separately defined from the office of district attorney. I think there's a right. lot of confusion there is that they are responsible for reaching out to the victims of crime. They're responsible for organizing programs throughout the community to keep the community safe. It's, 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 not, it's not Perry Mason in a court of law right. okay. <laughs> uh, doing those sorts of uh, things. So, um, you know, there is a lot of policy that is in place. We saw that with the selective prosecution issue became in the, really came to the fore of the community's um, uh, consciousness in the last two years. But it's always been an issue of selective prosecution. In fact, I was talking to uh, somebody outside the door a moment ago who's in law enforcement, and you have you know thousands of cases that get cycled through the district attorney's office in a course of a year. It's impossible for them to put all those to trial. So somebody has to make a decision uh, which will be prosecuted and which won't. Is that all approved by the uh, district attorney? Yes. Well, in in an ideal situation, now it's my understanding it's not happening here in this county, but in in an ideal situation, 
the district attorney should be reviewing each case that comes in. I will do that when I am elected uh, and determining whether it is worthy of prosecution or not. We have limited resources, uh, not only in terms of manpower, but in terms of finances. Uh, we all, we're all aware of that. So these are very important decisions. Right. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah you, you, char, you a low level misdemeanor is that worth having a, a trial? Well, not only that, if you don't have the evidence, I mean, we have known of cases where maybe that there wasn't enough evidence to really move forward, but then the call was made to move forward with it. Right. Yeah. So that that ties up the court system and, and you know make a big mess out of things. Right. And and so your personal moral compass does come into play when you make these decisions. It's easy for somebody to say that oh you know they have to you know that that their morality doesn't come into play. That, that's impossible. I mean somebody has to make a decision. Even if you're making the decision out of expediency, which I suspect is what's happening now. You're making a decision, sure, right. and so that's that's why you're elected, right? And so it is imperative, I think, and this is why the choice is so important that the people of Shasta County have somebody in office whose values align with their own, because otherwise you could end up in situations, and this is what I've been hearing. Uh, you know, we, we are a very pro two A county. All right, it's one mm -hmm. of the things I enjoy about being here, but. What's happening is, is that people are being prosecuted for gun and ammunition offenses, uh, and the public's not even aware of it. Uh, so mm. that is something that people need to be aware of, and they need to factor that into the equation when they're making a choice as to who they want in that particular position of power. Well, and you, I'm sorry, but on, no, no. wouldn't you have to... Um, have people surrounding you that, that think like you? You say, you know, it is a moral call to a certain degree um, because if you don't have that, like what we see what's going on today, what I'm seeing with our DA is it affects the whole office. Yeah. So if your viewpoints are different than theirs, then that can affect the whole office right. and its efficiency. Okay, so there, there's a couple issues there. So the, the, the first is the moral component that I was right. referencing. So we saw... Uh, liberal district attorneys, George Soros appointed district attorneys throughout the country who were making their own moral decisions to not prosecute people who were furthering an agenda that they agreed with, whether it was Black right. Lives Matter, right. Antifa, right. etc. Very frustrating for people in our camp. That's not what they should be doing. Well, they, somebody's got to make a decision, right? right? So conversely, they made decisions to prosecute patriots, people right. that they are labeling as terrorists. Right. Okay. So um, it is super important, again, that the person in that position of power has values that align with your own. You need to know what they are. Okay. And a lot of times, uh, people running for this office will hide under the cloak of saying it's not a political office right. so that they don't tell you what right. it is you're voting for. Okay. Right. But, but I think people deserve to know. Okay. Like I, can, I can tell you that um, Stephanie Bridget, you'd mentioned her. Uh, that she has given a speech at the ACLU, that she is repeating, uh, you know, one of her big things is promoting diversity in her office and uh, the and women's rights and, the, and, and feminism really is, right. is, is the big thing. The public doesn't know this. Mm. She runs as a Republican. She runs as pro-2A. They have no idea what the actual record is. So, so there's no transparency is what you're basically no, saying. No, I, I would say there's little to none. Now, the other issue that you mentioned, so it, it, the, the issue from the top down, mm -hmm. there's, there's moral decision-making uh, that's 
inextricable, inextricably in, intertwined with the job. Okay, in right. other words, you can't separate that right. part out. Yeah. Okay, because there's so you're going to have some bias no matter what you have on, to. on your way of thinking. But you know what I'm hearing that disturbs me a little bit is you know equal protection under the law seems to be at risk with that uh, kind of a an, an outlook. You know, if one person favors one thing over the other instead of prosecuting cases based on whether they're actually guilty or not of whatever they're doing, then you're going to get a one-sided, uh, you know, uh, you're, you're, it's going to be unfavorable to actually following the rule of law, isn't it? No, it's, it's certainly dangerous. I mean, I, I was raised with the uh, the value of essentially judging a person on their character, right? Sound familiar? <laughs> not, not upon the other issues, uh, you know, whether it's color of your skin or your gender or your preferred pronoun, whatever, but upon their character, you know, let, give somebody a chance, see what they do, and then right. you act accordingly. Um, so yeah, it, it, this is a, uh, it, it's muddy territory, but it's, it's something that most of the public doesn't think about because what behooves the system is to let the, uh, the public believe that this is an issue of promotion and experience alone. Uh, that, hey, I have the most years doing this job, therefore I'm entitled to it. It's that kind of government uh, mentality. You know, yeah, uh, self-protective mentality. It's what the establishment does. This is our territory. Uh, we're the only ones who are experts you guys, at you it. You guys don't know what's going on, so you can't possibly, you can't do it. You can't yeah. possibly yeah. comprehend. Right. right. So yeah. I, I'm from outside of this industry, and that's the attacks on me. The attack on me is how could somebody from outside of our system ever be able to come in and to effectively operate this department? And they said the same thing about Trump, right? They said he didn't have experience in public uh, work. Maybe that, that's a good thing. Well, I, I think it is a good thing. <laughs> uh, but they don't want you to believe that. They want you to believe that only they are capable of doing right. their job. You remember when Trump did get elected and they, they had screamed beforehand that the sky would fall and it would be the end of the earth. None of that happened. In fact, it was better. Right. Uh, mm. he, you know, he had a private sector mentality, and that's precisely what I intend to bring to the position. But I wanted to mention another thing. So you talk about the trickle-down impact uh, you know, from right, the top yeah. down throughout the, the culture. So the other issue has to do with uh, there's the decision-making process on what to charge. Uh, there's also how you do it. Okay, it's not only the sausage, but how you make the sausage. And uh, one of the things that I have been hearing from people who are so disturbed with the situation at the DA's office is that they are taking shortcuts, that they are um, essentially engaging in what I would characterize as ends-oriented jurisprudence. They are determining, they've made the moral determination uh, that this thing should be charged, uh, and then they're, by any means necessary, attempting to get a conviction. And um, that may include, um, you know, I think you interviewed Sean Northam. Uh, yes, yes uh, we yeah, did. A, uh, a defense attorney who had um, exposed a number of Brady violations. Well, those are violations of constitutional rights that people have, okay? And uh, I always tell my kids that if you win, but you cheated to win, you didn't win, you lost. You cheated. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's something that we need to be aware of. It seems to be, uh, and if this is happening at the top, uh, yeah, this is a leadership issue. Uh, leadership should not be allowing their workers, their employees 
to engage in this style of prosecution. It, it's just bad for the citizen, right? I don't care well, whether you're there, on the left or the right. If, if, there's certain, if there's no set of rules that we all have to follow to arri arrive at the conclusion of either guilty or innocence or whatever, you know, I, I think the definition of uh, tyranny, at least one of the definitions, is arbitrary abuse of power. In, in other words, if I can arbitrarily decide who I want to pick and choose to be the guys that either receive what I consider justice or, or not— then I've basically bypassed the Constitution. I've bypassed people's rights, the rule of law, and I've sort of implemented a little bit of a, a, a fiefdom of my own in, in my little area. Is that What do you think about that? Well, I mean, look, it, it, it is this issue of um, stepping on people's constitutional rights is a bipartisan issue, okay? It's something that should concern everybody. And I think on the right, uh, we have begun to appreciate that we're not immune from being accused by our government of misdeeds, okay? Um, there That's are, the whole point of it, though. Right. And so <laughs> we need protections, too. It's not okay. I think there was a mentality maybe for a period of time where we thought, hey, it doesn't matter. So long as a, a dirtbag gets into jail, you know, good, good. Right. Well, guess what? Uh, there now are people out the there. Bag. Yeah, there's people out there now who think that we're the dirtbags. Right. We're the terrorists. So we need to be particularly careful in this environment that we protect people's constitutional rights. I mean, they should have always been protected. The founders knew what they were doing. They knew they needed to have these restrictions in place to keep a government from becoming tyrannical. Absolutely. And, yeah. and this is precisely why we have the Second Amendment. So. Um, and so many of the other protections. I mean, maybe uh, you know, a couple of things I kind of wanted to get into a little bit is your background a little bit, and then I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about democracy versus constitutional republic, and maybe get a, a contrast of the differences a little bit. So, background: what? Uh, okay. What? Uh, what do you got? Uh, almost twenty years as an attorney. Uh, I my first foray into the law was as a law clerk at the district attorney's office in Orange County, where I was born and raised. And Explains everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, conservative Orange County. It was the bastion of conservatism back in the day. They had B1 Bob Dornan. I don't know if you remember him. Yeah, actually, I do. That's, yeah. uh, it's been a while. Yeah. So, um, but uh, I uh, spent about a year and a half there uh, under the tutelage of some fantastic people. Uh, went into private practice and needed to make money right away. Uh, I was going to be married. And um, I spent most of my career doing civil law, uh, a wide range of uh, cases from asbestos litigation. Uh, I have experience in medical malpractice, uh, personal well, so, injury. So tort, tort law is what you're using. Yeah, I mean, the, the administrative law, I've done a whole host of things. Um, and throughout that, you appreciate that uh, there is an efficiency to the private sector that is sorely lacking in our government. Uh, I have, uh, you know, I have to be accountable to clients. Right. Uh, I have to make sure that I produce for them and provide for them, uh, you know, measurable results. And we don't have that uh, at the district attorney's office. It, it, in fact, most of their performance data is shrouded in great mystery. And that's one of the things that I'm really excited about doing is that I want to create a dashboard that's accessible to the public where they can see in, in, in close to real time what is going on, what cases are being prosecuted, right. what types of cases, 
how long it's taking to prosecute those cases, what the results are. I mean, this is this is our tax dollars. Right. It, it shouldn't be shrouded in mystery. We I should have access uh, yeah. to it. I think there's two par parts to that problem that have been at lacking. One is the, 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 the watchdog media isn't the watchdog media anymore. Yeah, that's correct. They, they don't do any journalism. They don't do any, I mean, we could cite so many examples just locally here, I'd, but I'm not going to at this point. And then the other is that the people haven't been engaged. We, the people, is an experiment in self-government, which means that you actually have to participate in order to, to make sure that uh, everybody is following and doing what they're supposed to, which means knowing about those reports or knowing that you can get well, them or cannot yeah. uh, uh, involved in the elections. I think that Stephanie Bridget needs to go just under the in current, regardless well, of whether I'm for you or not, because she's been in there and we've seen what the results are. We need to get some new blood in and, we'll, and but, watch. But you would think that they would be putting that information like on the front page of a website. I mean, they don't have a problem putting the information out there like that to arrest people. Here are all the arrests well, that we did today. Without the people, I mean, well, I we, think we what's did happening, fall asleep, I think but at the same time, it's. I would think it's a, a DA's job to also have that information available for the people where they don't have to go dig for well, it I, and, I, I, and do let all me of just, that. Let me just piggyback on that. I think the people are now starting to demand it. That's okay, true. And I think yeah, that's the yeah, big difference. That's true. The, the demanding yeah. of, you know, no forensic audit at the Board of Supervisors and the recall. And so you're stepping into that political climate now uh, with people are just had enough they're ready to 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 change this thing because they can see that the good old boys club has been leading us down the garden path yeah they've been telling us that everything's okay right, right. but what else are they going to tell you right yeah they want to get reelected. i mean that is their at the end of the day that is what they want they wanted to retain their power they want to get reelected. they want to continue the cycle that has kept them in power. That's it. So we have to demand more. They're not going to give us more. Uh, and it's something that we can only do by changing the establishment as it exists right. currently. I mean, uh, there is no reason why this information can't be made public. And if the information is positive and reflects positively on their office, well, then they should be excited to release it. <laughs> well, we talked a little bit uh, yesterday about the conviction rate, and I was appalled at yeah, that. Yeah, what was it, like 22% or something? That, that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that, and that, that is on the most serious offense charged. And that gets a little bit complicated, uh, and, um, uh, but that is atrocious. The conviction rate in 2016 for felonies in the state of California was about 85%. So, yeah, see, that yeah, sounds uh, more online with reality because why would you bring a case to trial that you know you're going to lose if you have if, looked at the case right. with any kind of scrutiny? Okay. Well, there's, there's only two reasons why you could have such a low conviction rate on the most serious offense charge. There's two reasons. One would be some manner of incompetence where uh, the, the people who are prosecuting the cases just aren't doing a good job, right? The other is that this concept of charge stacking. And I don't know if you've ever had that explained to you, but not really. All right. But essentially what this is, is that they are using very high charges to leverage deals okay? for plea bargaining, for, for, for plea bargain, for, right. For right. lesser yeah. charges. Yeah. I mean, and that is unethical. If that, to the extent that's going on, that should scare everyone. And again, it's an ends-oriented jurisprudence approach. They're like, we want to nail this person. So whether we really can convince a jury beyond a reasonable doubt 
that they committed the requisite elements of the offense. So you overcharge them. That's right. I mean, it, it is atrocious. I mean, it, it is. It should offend everybody's sensitivity. Well, because but, then you don't end with justice at the end of the day. What happens is you end up pleading because it's easier to plead out uh, than whether to you're go, guilty or not. Whether you're guilty but, is not but, even the but issue. But isn't this what happens in government all the time? I was going to say this happens all the time, though. Right, it brings the higher charges. To get them to agree to the lesser charge, whether they're guilty or not, and then you have so to, then it goes away. And then if you stand on principles, it, it's going to cost you. Cost you. I mean, yeah. cost you money. This is the same. This is the same tyrannical technique that government uses in almost every arena. Getting a traffic ticket, you know, you could fight it. It's going to cost you more to fight it than it is to pay the ticket. So eventually, you just give up and you pay the ticket. You know, it's I, big intimidation, is what it is. It is. Well, very I, much. You know, I, I I had a traffic ticket years ago. It's been about five, six, seven years, whatever. For, uh, I think it was for uh, some. Oh, it was a uh, a registration ticket. Okay, and I went into court. And I, and I said, you know, under the Constitution, it says that any matter over $25, I'm supposed to have the right to a jury trial. And, and, and she basically, the judge basically said that, uh, you know, I don't interpret the Constitution that way. And I'm thinking, when did it become the judge's uh, uh, purview to interpret the Constitution at this low level? Well, I think you probably threw something out at them they had never <laughs> heard before. But I mean, the the issue is they got you over a barrel, right? Right, and 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 they're and that is tyranny, and mm-hmm. it, it's it's financial tyranny. I mean, a lot of us don't have extra time. I mean, I, I right. run into this as an attorney. There's it's the easy it, way out. There are injustices that I would love to fight, right. and I don't have the time to do it. Right. I mean, we saw this. Uh, you know, some of the issues where. Uh, you know, the government can come in with trumped up charges mm-hmm. that are baseless. And you're in a position where you have to either accept uh, some plea deal or fight it and become poor. Right. I mean, it ruin right. your life. Yeah. It, it totally well, can I mean, ruin look at, somebody's look at, life. Um, uh, uh, Flynn, uh, Gen- the General Flynn, Mike Flynn. Yeah, he gave up everything. Uh, it they, cost they, him they, everything. They stripped him of everything yeah. he had ever worked for for his whole life. As he pleaded not guilty and fought the charges, how how wrong? That's just completely it's sad. wrong. It's sad. Yeah, yeah it's so very sad. I wanted to get your your definition of a democracy versus a constitutional republic. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, obviously, what we do live in is a de- uh, it's a it's a democratic republic, but it is not a pure democracy for a very good reason. I remember back you um, it was the election with. Uh, Oh, it was a hanging Chad one with uh, Al Gore and the. Uh, oh yeah, that's Florida. Right. the Florida yes, election yes. decided between Gore and Bush. Yes, yes, and he had everybody on the left, you know, crying a foul because we live in a democracy. We live in a democracy, and I got to tell you, when when words like that come out of the mouths of people who are as educated as Hillary Clinton was, and she was one of the people. Like screaming this uh, depends on where you're educated uh, at too. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say your your definition. <laughs> no, 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 no. Of education. I think she went to Mark's. Mark's you. <laughs> yeah, well, she knew better. Let's, she she knew better. The, uh, that is a sleight of hand. A pure democracy is a disaster. Yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. It, 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 and, and and you can vote out your own rights with the majority. Yeah. I that's, mean, what, that's usually what happens. Yeah. I, I, what is that? If, uh, gosh, that quote: "The masses are asses and cannot be trusted." Um, <laughs> the, I mean, it, 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 it is, is true. The, the founders <laughs> yes. said that a democracy was a lower form of government, and you know, the mob would, through their pleasures and and their pain, would. Be, could be manipulated very easily right out of their oh, rights. There, there's you know. classical communist 
authors who appreciated that democracy was a, a step towards ultimately communism. I mean, Absolutely. Uh, because you have a situation where as long as you're, especially when, when the uh, Gibbs are coming out and you're giving people uh, things to secure a vote, and you have more people on the public dole than you do working. Yeah. I mean, once, once they find out they can familiar. vote themselves the treasury. They can vote themselves more, a bigger piece of the government cheese. You got a problem. Yeah. And, and I think there's a, we're at, at our country, we're at a critical mass mm -hmm. where when, when these people, uh, are, when there's more, uh, when there's less working people than there are productive members of society, all bets are off. They're just right. going to continue to vote themselves a bigger piece of the pie. And that, and that's, so that's scary. No, I, I I appreciate that this is not a democracy, and it's not a democracy for a good reason. It wasn't a mistake, and that was the, one of the other things that always cracks me up. It gets there's a what this discussion of uh, eliminating the electoral college. Yeah, that's and, just right. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, because you know the founding fathers, uh, in their uh, ignorance, uh, created a more complicated system. That no. makes no logical sense. <laughs> no. They knew what was going on. Yes. We don't give these people enough. They're trying credit. to spread the power out into the into the as many areas as possible, basically, mm. so that every vote would count in a presidential election, uh, not, well, not based on the big population centers. And in case there was fraud. In case there was fraud. That's absolute. And there was no, no. fraud in the last election. <laughs> but I digress, and we won't talk about that at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've never had fraud. Come There's on now. No, yeah. This is no. the safest election in history. Everybody knows. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I think we're going to see yeah. more on that. Uh, you know, the, it's like uh, this mask. Uh, I mean, what we've seen, what happens like in California, okay, so we have this virus, it's, t it's 15 days to, to stop the curve, and now two and a half years later, the emergency's never ended, and they just keep, you know, never keep extending the emergency yep. because it suspends everybody's actual rights under yep. that emergency. I mean, this is, I, I've, I've spoken about this before, and Emergency is the necessary pretext yep. for infringement upon civil liberties, yep. and we better be scared because you know they're they're rolling out this concept of emergency more and more often, and it's becoming more and more spurious. I mean, they, like just about everything's an emergency, right? Right, and that that provides them the power and authority they need to uh, trample on people's rights, and you know we never see uh, whenever they do this. We never get those rights and powers That's back. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it may be, th and usually the game is this it's three steps forward, two steps back, yeah, or what, one step ooh, back. That, right? Was, right. Uh, yeah. that was Stalin. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and it's very scary because what's going to trigger the next one and how far are they going to be able to go on the next? Oh, well, yeah. a lot one. of this is compliance yeah. related. It's just like you know, the mask. Yeah. Okay. We're wearing the mask, and then we find out they don't work. There's no science behind them. So what are they promoting? It still, they're, what they're doing is they're promoting compliance without law. And when you start being able to compel things without any rule of law or any actual, uh, uh, you know, law that has been legislated uh, and, and, and put into place uh, properly, then you end up with a dictator. Uh, Gavin uh, Mussolini is, uh, is, is the example uh, yeah. here in California. I mean, compliance in many respects is the greatest virtue uh, in this modern culture. I mean, that, that's, that is the thing that people are you know, you saw that people, it was an issue of, of liberties where people were saying, hey, I, I didn't know anybody who was anti-mask 
who wanted to rip off other people's masks forcibly. Uh, but I sure did know a lot of people who wanted to wear masks that wanted to force other people to do it. You know, it, <laughs> That's it's what an interesting, yeah. interesting uh, uh, concept going yeah, on there. Contrast, yeah. 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 Anyway, so uh, what else have we got uh, before we uh, we're just about Is there to anything away? else you would like to get out there that the people should know about you or? Well, I don't know if I, I, I mentioned it previously, but, you know, I am uh, not a fan of government. And I think that uh, we need to make sure that it remains as limited as possible. And part of keeping the government in check is ensuring that there is uh, some manner of law enforcement agency oversight. Uh, and I would do that as district attorney. I would have a public integrity division. There are other district attorney's offices throughout the state of California that have one. We do not. And you can ask yourself why. Uh, especially well, given a liaison, the stuff that we've seen. a liaison. We talked about that too between the police officers and the DA, as far as you know, communication back and forth. So that super they, helpful for law enforcement. Yes, yeah. I mean, they don't. You don't want them wasting their time. And um, uh, you know, we all got to work together. These are community and local problems, and they need mm -hmm. local solutions. Uh, yeah. and, and you know, I'm going to add too on the on the limited government. What we get branded with is that we're anti-government, and that's an absolute canard. Yeah, it's complete. It's, it's a complete falsehood, a lie, because I'm not anti-government. I'm anti-not uh, following the law as it's written government. I'm, I'm anti-over-out-of-reach, uh, out-of-control government. I, I want limited government, right. like you said, that stays within the boundaries. I mean, Washington said, you know, I read my quote all the time that government is not reason, it is not eloquence, it is force, and force like fire is a dangerous servant and a fearful master. And that's what he's talking about. If you don't, com if you don't keep this thing confined under a set of rules, what happens is it starts to consume uh, the people it's supposed to be serving. It's yeah, and they're supposed to be following the Constitution. Yeah. And then the bigger it gets, the further they get away from yeah. our Constitution. It's a cancer. I mean, I think yeah. the other thing that makes it particularly deleterious is that this cancer involves not just the government, but we're seeing partnership of the government with big media and big business. That's yeah. fascism, and that's another one that just gets me. Communism, oh, you guys are fascists. No, you guys are the same. Oh, it's <laughs> a, you just a different way of uh, controlling everything. Well, I think right. in some respects it's actually more dangerous, uh, the situation that we have here, because these other entities, these other pillars, these the big business and big media. NGOs, they, they, yeah, all of it. They, in our country, they operate under the guise of objectivity. There is no explicit indication that they are state-sanctioned. And so that, I mean, so like if you turn on the news in China, right, you know that this is government propaganda. Sure, because right. they tell you. Right. Same thing, you know, but we don't have that appreciation. There's so many people that are, are still watching and not appreciating the connections yeah. that we have. And, and that, I mean, Google is so intertwined with our government. It, it, it should concern everybody. I mean, this is, this company is. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 We've done some stuff on it. I mean, that's why I switched from DuckDuckGo to Brave. I mean, there's been a lot of information that comes out on it. Yeah, a lot of people have And you wonder why antitrust suits aren't being filed? Well, when you got a contract with, a, with, with the uh, entity that would be subject to the suit... Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, a good a good uh, analogy, and then I know we probably have to go. Is Pfizer 
giving money to the FDA. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, this it's is like going on all over the place. Absolutely. I mean, they're they're funding these guys millions and billions and whatever yep. how many dollars it is to make sure that their products are marketed in a certain way. You know, the approval uh, without uh, you know under emergency authorization act without any clinical trial, all of that. Yeah. So it is very dangerous, and it seems to be happening in a ton of different industries. I was going to say across the board on all no, levels. It's just where's crazy. Where's the watchdog? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, there is no Klaus uh, Klaus uh, manipulating all of yeah. this stuff, Klaus Schwab. Yeah, none at all. <laughs> so, the new well, Dr. we want to thank yeah. you for coming in and spending the time with us. Thank you for having me. And I'm sure that we will probably have you back before the election and go over some more things. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds Absolutely. good. Absolutely. Yeah. As, as always, government is not reason. It is not eloquence. It is force and force like fire is a dangerous servant and a fearful master. And I actually have memorized that. <laughs> I hope so after all these years. Anyway, till next time. All right. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you coming yep. in, Eric.